What I mean by that, God is sovereign until God speaks. This is a law you find in scripture. Whenever God speaks, his word becomes law. God chose to limit himself to his word. God chose never to violate his word. God's holiness protects his integrity. And that means God will do what God says he will do. But I just want you to see the authority that you have and the greatness of God and the faithfulness of God and the power of God that is on display every day in our lives. The Bible is more than just a book of stories and prayer is more than just a cry for help. In fact, prayer is even more than just a conversation between us and God. In today's message, Pastor Gary Hippolyte, a member of Southside Christian Fellowship and missionary to Haiti, shows us just what it means to go beyond a conversation in order to have a dynamic prayer life. So today I believe that the Lord has given me a word for you guys. For me too. Amen. Amen. And you know, a lot of people said that this book, the Bible, is a book of love. And I couldn't agree with them more. But you know what, I, what else I find out? I find out that this book is a book of prayer. It's a book of prayer. And here's why I said that. All the 66 books of the Bible, from Genesis to, to Revelation, if you go out and you check them out carefully, you will find out that every one of those books have something to say about prayer. Do you think that's an accident? I do not believe that's, uh, that's an accident. As a matter of fact, our God never do anything by accident. I believe that he purposely, purposely put prayer in every chapter just to show us something. And what he wants to show us is this, is that prayer is how he, God, ruled the universe. Do you believe that this morning? And when you go to those chapters from Genesis to Revelation, you'll find out that there are 650, 650 prayers that are recorded in those, in those books. And uh, it's amazing that Jesus Christ, when he walked the earth, he walked the earth for three and a half years. And he had the disciples, and as you know, Jesus done a lot of miracles. Everywhere he goes, he was doing miracles. And as he did those miracles, you know, I, I would imagine a lot of people were looking at Jesus and, uh, and you know, asking themselves questions. Even, even the disciples, you know, the disciples, they, they were closest to Jesus and they walked with him all the time. And so, therefore, those disciples, I'm sure that there are small talks that they had that, that are not recorded in the Bible. You know, I mean, can you imagine Jesus walked into this one individual that was blind? As a matter of fact, um, you know, he walked into this guy and says, uh, what do you want me to do for you? The guy says, well, I, I, I'm blind. I want to be, I want to be, be seen. And Jesus says, okay, done. Blind eyes open. So I, I imagine the disciples went back and then, you know, as they're walking, you know, together and they probably say to each other, how did you do that? You know, I mean, that's weird. You know, how did he do that? But, but we all know how he did that. He didn't do that because he was the son of God. But Jesus had a secret. Jesus had a secret. And this morning, that's uh, what I want to talk to you this morning about. I want to talk to you about prayer. In um, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. You know, the disciple of Jesus asked him this question. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. First of all, we all know, based on um, experience in prayer, and also in many different um, resources that are available, such as books on prayer. We know that prayer is a conversation with God. But I tell you what, I believe prayer is much more than that. 
I really believe that. You know, years ago, there was a book um, that came out by Dr. Gary uh, Chapman. And this was a New York Times bestseller. And it was called The Five Love Languages. And this book was written for the purpose of helping people to um, better manage their love, you know, to be able to better communicate love with each other. And so a lot of people, this book was very popular. I'm sure some of you guys probably have this book on your, on your shelf at home. In 2018, that book, on the same book, uh, Yahoo Magazine conducted a survey just to, so they can find out which one of the love languages is the most popular. <clears throat> Excuse me. Apparently, they found out the most common or the most popular love languages by far is quality time. They find out that the most popular, the most common love languages out of those five are quality time. You know, <clears throat> quality time is important. You know, husband and wife like to spend quality time. Families organize yearly um, gathering so they can spend quality time. So this morning, I want to I wanna ask you this question. I want to ask you this question. And the reason why I'm asking, this, you, this, I'm asking you this question is because I want to find out if you're smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> if you were to ask, what is, G, you know, what is God's love language? What would you say? I really believe, I mean, many of us would say love, you know, as important as love is, but I believe it's quality time. Don't you agree? Amen. I believe that's what it is. Another, um, you know, um, a lot of different writers, you know, have many different quotes about prayer. One of them, which is, his name is William Law. He wrote, and I quote, prayer is the nearest approach to God and the highest enjoyment of him that we are capable of on this side of eternity. Let me say that again. He says, prayer is the nearest approach to God and the highest enjoyment of him that we are capable of on this side of eternity. Another to understand prayer we need to understand God's purpose for humanity. In order to understand prayer, we need to understand God's purpose for humanity. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we read this. God says, let, let us make men in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the, of the heavens, and over the livestock and all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So I believe God had a plan. He had a purpose for men. And his plan and purpose for men on the earth was to have dominion and authority over the earth. And as he said, when he declared, he says, let us make man in our image. He, and then later on, he says, well, let us have, let us give them dominion over the earth. You know, what God didn't say is, is as important as, God, as, as what God has said. If God had said, let us have dominion on the earth then God would have included himself in as far as the authority here on the earth. But he didn't say that. He says, let them, let them has, have authority on the earth. Do you, are you getting that this morning? This is very important. There's something, there's something about God that we need to understand. God is sovereign, and so is his word. What I mean by that, God is sovereign until God speaks. This is a law you find in Scripture. Whenever God speaks, his word becomes law. God chose to limit himself to his word. God chose never to violate his word. God's holiness protects 
his integrity. And that's mean God will do what God says he will do. So, this morning, you know, when we're talking about, when we're talking about prayer, you know, a lot of people don't understand prayer, and that's why we don't pray. We, we, we don't understand the purpose of prayer. We don't understand the power that is behind prayers. You know, think about Jesus, the Son of God. He walked this earth. Jesus prays more than any human being that we have ever, we will ever meet. He prayed all the time. As a matter of fact, not only that Jesus prayed, but Jesus commanded us to pray. You know, in Luke 18:1, he says that we are to always pray and never lose heart. You know, in Thessalonians, we find, you know, Paul talking in 1 Thessalonians, and uh, he said that we need to pray without ceasing. Why? Because prayer is the only way God communicate with, uh, 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 it, it is, it's the only way God do business with human on the earth. The only way God will do business on the earth. So, basically, you know, I find out a long time ago, you know, when the Lord called me um, to go do work in Haiti, I recognized that if I wasn't a praying man, I probably would not have been, you know, would be standing here before you. I have seen people all throughout my lifetime, you know, who has embraced this lifestyle of prayer. And let me tell you, there is not one of them who would ever say that I regret that I have learned how to pray. I mean, prayer is such an important thing. But now the disciple asked Jesus, this says, um, teach us to pray. Why did they ask him that one thing? Teach us to pray. I mean, think about it. If Jesus walked this earth today, if Jesus was right here on this, on this, uh, walking on the street, and people are gathering around him, people had the opportunity to ask Jesus a question. I really believe that prayer would not be one of those questions. I mean, maybe some people might ask, but for the most part, people would ask how to do a miracle. You know, I mean, everybody wants to be famous these days, don't you know? You know, I mean, they, they, they want to have a ministry. They would ask how to be famous, but the disciple asked this, Jesus this question. But it's interesting that it took them this long to ask this question. It is interesting. You know, I mean, they walked with Jesus for three and a half years. You know, I can't really pinpoint at what point in this relationship and this walk that they get to ask Jesus this question. But they did, and I'm glad they did. Because, as, because of, of the questions, the question is about to unfold great revelation for the church later on. And so, we see, you know, how the Lord himself, he, he kept, he kept, his word. He always keep his word. He always keep his word. And his word is very important to his word and his name are synonymous. You know, when God said something, if God tells you something, you, you, you can believe what he says because what he says is going gonna, is gonna to come, come to pass. All throughout scripture, we see a certain pattern, how God deal with human and it is always to prayer. Whenever there is a situation on the earth, whenever there is a, uh, something that has to be done. I mean, can you imagine, you know, when the children of Israel was giving God a lot of, a lot of headache, you know, God, God could have just totally wiped them out and then, we, you know, made a new people for himself. And you and I would have, would have never known about it. But he did not do that. Instead, instead he called a man by the name of Moses, you know, and, and to help him to deal with this situation. You know, in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, 
we read that God sought for men among them who should build a wall and stand in the bridge before me, he says, for the land that I should not destroy, but I have found none. God had an issue with Israel. The people was committing sin. There was a lot going on in Israel, and God was fed up with it. And God said, I am looking for a man. A man who would stand in the gap to do what? To pray. To pray. God always looking for a man to intercede, to intervene. Prayer is the most important and the most powerful weapon at the disposal of Christian. But unfortunately, many of us don't even know that. And that's why we don't pray. We don't know that. And I, I tell you one thing, when we find out the secrets and the power and the purpose of prayer, many of us will quit whining and quit um, grappling. We'll, we'll, we'll start believing. We'll start believing in God. You know, God will not move a finger on the earth without praying, without, without men praying and asking him to intervene. You know, because, you know, because God will not violate his, his covenant. He's a covenant-keeping God. He made a covenant. In Genesis chapter 6, when God saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and God made a plan to deal with the situation, as I said, he could have done the same thing with the children. He could have completely wiped out the whole earth, you know, without even speaking to anyone. But he did not do that. Instead, he called a man named Noah. He called Noah. And he said to Noah, look, the, the, the sin have taken over on the earth. And I want to do something. I want you to build a boat. And by the way, this boat was a representative of Jesus Christ. It was a type of Christ. And today, if you're watching, if you're watching, and then you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to know that Christ has room for you. Jesus has a place for you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ. Jesus did not come to this earth to destroy the us, but he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. You know, we, you can take God's word at its value. You know, if God tell you today, if God call you and says, let's go fishing, I tell you what, you might as well pack your tartar sauce, you're probably going to have the best dinner you have ever had. For real. So when God... When God, called, when God saw the wickedness of men was great on the earth, you know, he, he didn't take matters into his own hand, even though he can. He can. You know, God, God is not an outlaw. God likes to do everything legal. And, and we men, we are the legal authority here on this earth. You know, there is no spirit that can touch this earth without our authority, whether good or bad. I mean, the Holy Spirit will hover, they'll come, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is in, is in our hearts, is in, is in us because, because of Christ, because he had agreement. There was agreement when Jesus came to this earth. There was agreement, and, he, you know, he talks to the disciple. He says, look, you know, I'm going I'm to ask the Father, and he will send you one just like me, a comforter. So we agree. We said, yes. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place today. You know, we welcome the Holy Spirit. In the same way, evil, demonic spirit could not have touched this earth if it wasn't for men's agreement. You know, when they agree, when they agree with demonic forces, then they open doors to the demonic forces to come to this earth. And I tell you one thing. God has a problem about that because the earth, even though he gives us authority in this earth, this earth is his in the fullness thereof. He gets to decide what happened on the earth. You know, I, I, I like what um, um, 
I, I like what Caleb says. I think he said, uh, God doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't need us. He wants us. I think that's what he says. You know, God doesn't need us, but he, you know, he wants us. God doesn't just love us, but he likes us. You understand? Because, you know, I mean, imagine the God of the universe. You know, yesterday while I was at home and I, and I was praying and all of a sudden, I, it dawned on me that I'm actually, you know, there's air around where I'm at. I mean, I know that's kind of weird thought. Because if there was no air, I probably wouldn't be alive. But many of us don't even think about that. We don't think about that. We just, it's natural for us to just breathe the air. We breathe it for free, and it's no big deal to you. And you're not even giving God thanks for it because the fact of the matter is, you know, the same way you can't see the air, but you also cannot see God. But you won't take a moment to give thanks to God for that. God is faithful. He's always faithful. So... God always looking for the help of a man. Notice when God wanted to choose a people. When God wanted to choose a people for himself on the earth. You know, I mean, God called Abraham. He called Abraham. He didn't just go out and says, okay, you are my people. I'm sure he already, you know, he already called it a long time ago. But he had to go do it legally. He had to go into partnership with a man. He called Abraham. He says, Abraham, how would you like to be a great nation? He says, Abraham, how, how would you like to be a great people? I'll make you, you know, I, I'll blow your mind. I'll make you a great nation, greater than you can even imagine. And Abraham looked at him and said, wow, you know, would you do that? I don't know if that's what he says, but. But seriously, he did. And to Abraham, you know, God's word, we could see today, we could see God's word is true. Because he says, I'll make your descendant more numerous than the sand on the seashore, than the stars in the heaven. I mean, he's not talking just about the Jewish people. He's talking about us too. Amen. Amen. He's talking about us too. You know, you know, when he wanted to deliver Israel out of bondage, he introduced himself to a man named Moses. You know, as Moses one day was just tending the ship of his father-in-law Jethro, and Moses is kind of like really just minding his business, and then he heard a voice. Moses. Moses turned around, he doesn't see nothing but a burning bush. And then, the, and then a voice came out from the burning bush. It says, hey, Moses, this is God. Moses said, what? Moses said, say what? Yeah, yeah, seriously, this is God. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I have come down because the cry of my people in Egypt have come to me. I have come down to deliver them. And you know what else, Moses? Would you partner with me? Moses, I'm looking for a partner who would go represent me in Egypt to Pharaoh. I want you to go to Egypt and represent me. And when Moses, Moses says, me? You, you mean I can do that? Yeah, God said, yeah, uh, you know. He says, well, let me tell you something, Moses. Years ago, a long time ago, I made a law that I was giving, that I gave the earth. I gave the authority to men on the earth. And my people are in bondage in Egypt, and I want to deliver them, and I want to do it legally. Are you with me this morning? I'm coming, I'm coming back to our scripture in Luke 11. I'm coming back. But I just want you to see the authority that you have and the greatness of God and the faithfulness of God and the power of God that is on display every day in our lives. Let me tell you something. Prayer 
is embedded in every book in the Bible, and it's not for, by accident or coincidence. You see, because God, God wants to talk with us. He wants to have conversation with us, not just when you need something. Are you with me? God want to talk with you all the time. You know, there are some of us, you know, I mean, one of the things that really get me is when people say, you know what, I don't have time to pray. That really gets me. I don't have time. How could you not have time to pray? But you got time to do everything else. You know? And so, you know, I, I, you might as well tell me that you don't have faith in God. That's what you got to say. If you say you don't have time to pray, you might as well say, I don't have faith in God. And then if I know if I pray, God will not hear me. He will not answer me. But first of all, I want you to know, beloved, that Christian does not have a monopoly on the art of prayer. Did you hear me that? Christians does not have a pattern or monopoly on prayer. As a matter of fact, prayer is it's, it's something that's practiced by every religion on the earth. Are you with me? You know, it's not the prayer. It's the God. Are you with me this morning? It's not the prayer. It's the God. If you don't believe me, you go to 1 Kings chapter 18. Beginning in, you know, chapter 17, 18. You know, you go ask the 850 false prophets of Baal and Asherah. You go ask them. There were 850 of them. In that 850 verse, you know, against one. Are you with me this morning? And so they've been praying since morning. Oh, Baal, are you there? Hear me out. Oh, come on. Come take the sacrifice. Come consume the sacrifice. They pray until they went out of breath. There was no reply. At, at, at a certain time, it becomes funny. It becomes very funny. Elijah started mocking them. Wait a minute. You mean you've been calling on your God all this time and, and, and no answer? Could it be maybe he's on vacation? Maybe he's not even a God at all. But you know, Elijah made the statement. Elijah prayed. He didn't just come as a prophet to, because he had the word of the Lord, but he prayed. He prayed. He says, God, you, you are the God. And besides you, there is no other. And, and so that Israel today would know that you are God who answered by fire. And then he told the first prophet, he told the people, he says, listen, the God who answered by fire is God. God may not answer you today by fire. But how many of you, by a show of hand, would say that God does answer prayer? Because he answered my prayer. I tell you one time, you know, I mean, this didn't happen one time, but several times this happened. There was a time I was in Haiti, and um, I'm on, on the coast. I'm doing work there, and I am burning up. I mean, it was so hot. If Pastor Eddie was there, I'm telling you, that probably would have been his worst day. I was burning up. I am burning up. And I'm like, this is not normal. I said, look, I'm not going to take this. I said, I'm burning up. My lips started drying up just to tell you how hot it was. You know, I'm, I'm skinny. I weighed about a buck and a quarter soaking wet. 
So if I tell you I'm hot, I'm hot. So I just, I say I'm not going to take this. I said, God, you got to do something. I, I pray right now that you would change the atmosphere, that you would send breeze and you would send rain. And beloved, I am not lying to you. That very moment, that very second, as the word was in my mouth, the rain started coming down on me. You know what was amazing about this? When I woke up the next morning, I was so excited. I can't wait to hear the praise report in the area to go ask them, you know, how did you like the rain? They said, what rain? Hey, are you hearing me? They said, what rain? He'd never rain uh, 50 feet away from me. Did you hear me? There was another time. I was going to Haiti. I mean, I had prayed. I had prayed for a while. By the way, my wife told me that I'm, I'm told I got 30 minutes. But let me say one thing to you. I got two things going for me. I'm Haitian. I'm in a time zone all by myself. And secondly, I'm filled of the Holy Spirit right now. Hallelujah. So, I, I had gotten for, a phone call from Haiti, and one of my worship leaders told me, he said, listen, you got to pray. It hasn't rained for three and a half months, going on four, and the animals started dying. We need rain. And then so immediately I said, okay, I'll pray. So when I prayed, I heard the Lord. The Lord says, yeah, I'm going to send rain. I said, good God, but when? He says, when you go to Haiti. I didn't have to go to Haiti until three weeks later. I said, wow, these people are going to have to wait for me. You're not getting this. You're not getting it. It's, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God, but it's about all of us. Are you with me this morning? So that morning when it was time for me to go to Haiti, I remember April Dodgen took me to the airport because she usually go to work very early. She picked me up at 4 in the morning to take me to, to, to the airport. And when she got in the car, I said, hey, Paul, do you know today it's going to rain in Haiti? It hasn't rained now for about four months. And today it's going to rain. April says, I believe that. I believe it's going to rain, Gary. You know, if God told you it's going to rain. I said, well, good. I'm glad you're in agreement with me. When I got to the airport in Haiti, the guy who picked me up, I said, do you know it's going to rain today? He says, how do you figure that out? I said, because God told me. He said, God told you? How did he do that? And, and I said, well, furthermore, not only God told me, but the Bible says that when the heavens are shut up, only God can open it. And so I guess he didn't believe me. I got to, the, uh, to our house of prayer. You know, we have an apartment upstairs on, on top of the house of prayer. And so... I called one of my worship leaders, the same worship leader who had asked me to pray. I said, go and get a guitar and come upstairs and just put a chair right here and sit next to me and let's sing a song to the Lord because it's about to rain. <laughs> and uh, he says to me, he said to me, oh, I saw the cloud kind of dark. Maybe it might rain. I said, no, brother, there's no maybe here. It's going to rain. And then so I... We began to sing. We sung a song to the Lord. And after we were done, and I said, God, you said it was going to rain, so bring it on. And while the word was in my mouth, we heard a noise that sounds like wind, but it wasn't wind. It was the rain coming. Amen. Brother, let me tell you, it's, it, it rained for three days over there. 
As a matter of fact, people in, the, in that area right there, they come to, to expect every time I come, it's going to rain. It's the truth. It does rain every time I come. That's, that's favor. Favor. You know, that gives me opportunity to preach the gospel. You know, I mean, when people are looking at it, they say, you know what? I mean, how come whenever Pastor Gary comes, it rains? Well, it's not about Pastor Gary. It's about the God Pastor Gary serves. Do you want to know that God? Do you want to know that God? And so, this is the kind of God that we serve. He's, he's amazing. He's am- Amazing. And if you study scripture, you will see that pattern, how God's faithfulness, you will discover that God is a God of his word. You will discover that God does nothing on the earth outside of prayer. The truth, the truth, but here's the problem with us. The reason why we don't see a lot happening around us around our country, there's two reasons. The first reason is that, just like every, you know, a lot of Americans told me, we're so spoiled. Spoiled kind of like, you know, just grab hold of you. It's like that, this, you know, that delicacies that the, the enemy just threw at you, just like that, you know? And I believe, I believe that that's not something we need to entertain. We don't need to entertain that. And the second reason why I believe that we, we haven't seen miracles happening the way that they should happen around us, all around us, is because too many of us give God's lip service. It's lip service. You know? Um, you know, we, we just, we talk about it. God doesn't want lip service. He wants our hearts. He wants our hearts. That's what he wants. I mean, God is, God is real. I'm telling you the truth. You know, I mean, me, I, I, I don't know what God's going to do in my life in the next 5, 10, 20 years or whatever, you know, if he allows me. But right now, I'm so in love with this man. I'm so satisfied with who he is in my life. And I am so crazy in love to see with him, and I want to see his kingdom come every moment of my life, every moment of the day. I want to see people set free. I want to see. I'm telling you, God is looking for lovers today. He's looking for lovers. You know, Have you ever, going back to our, our passage um, in Luke 11, it says that Jesus was somewhere. He was praying, and he was by himself. He was by himself. He was the disciples were with him, but they were not with him. There was a time they are with him, but there's another time they're not with him. And we know it's whenever Jesus is going to pray, you never... See, you know, he's, he never bring the disciple with him. Why is that? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why is Jesus never, never pray with the disciple? Well, the answer is simple. Because prayer is a personal thing. Prayer is a private discipline. It's a personal relationship first. Okay? You know, there's nothing wrong about corporate prayer. I love corporate prayer. As a matter of fact, our house of prayer, the Rock International House of Prayer in Haiti, our men ministry down there just went 24-6. We're doing prayer. We're doing corporate prayer. And I believe it is our prayer that's going to change the atmosphere over the cities. It is our prayer corporately that's going to tear down the strongholds of the enemy. Because the Bible did say that two are better than one. Anyone on in Ecclesiastes, it says a threefold cord is not easily broken. So I believe that when we come, the power together, us praying together, it's, 
It's amazing. But that's not our first thing. Our first thing is personal prayer. Does that make sense to you? This is what my pastor would say. Does that make sense to you? Okay. I mean, I've been with him a while, a while now, so to be able to remember that. Okay. So, basically, um, you know, Jesus walked the street. He walked the streets. He healed the, the, the lame. He, he fed the 4,000, the 5,000. He opened blind eyes. He did all those things. And why was this the only question, the only, the only thing that they asked Jesus to teach them? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I believe it was a great request, okay, that they made Lord teach us to pray. Now, just think about it. Think about it. The disciple... According to the text we just read, the disciple is with Jesus, okay? Jesus is um, over there on the mountain. He's praying. He's been there for one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. He's been praying his heart out. And he doesn't do it just one time a day. He, he do it at night. At he do it always. And then Jesus spent this time in prayer, and then he would come down from the mountain, and then he would say to the disciple, hey, guys, come on. Let's go to town. So they're walking. They go into town. And as they're walking, and then all of a sudden they run into somebody. You know, maybe a lame guy. Maybe a blind guy. Maybe a... You know, somebody with leprosy, they want to, and the guy would say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus would say, but what do you, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus would say, I mean, the, 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 the guy would say, but I want to, I want to be healed. I, I, I can't walk. And Jesus would say, okay, then, Fine. Pick up your mat and get up and go. Do you see that? Four hours with God, four seconds with men. Are you with me this morning? Four hours with God, four seconds with men. Beloved, let me tell you something. We're talking about prayer. It's not even about prayer. I'm going to blow your mind. It is not even about prayer. Okay? It's not about prayer because there's a lot of people that pray and nothing happened. Because, you know, while you're praying, there is a, there's a pattern. There, is a, there are instructions that we need to follow while we're praying. And, and, and when we're praying, he says when we pray, what? His will. And many people, when they pray, they pray for their will. Okay, let me tell you something. If we find out the secret, the power that we have, we will fire our congressmen. For real. We would quit walking around with banners and hoping that the Supreme Court will intervene for us. Listen, the Supreme Court needs to come to us, the church. We are, we are the legal authority here on this earth. We hear from God, they don't. So if we begin to believe God, let me tell you something, God operates on a substance called faith. Are you with me? On a substance called faith. And without it, he does no business with no man. I don't care who you are. You know, nowadays you don't necessarily have to have faith to, do, to build a big ministry. You just have to have people. People that skills in certain area, you know, that can do the outreaching and this and that. But if you're going to see the miracle of Jesus in any ministry, you're going to need faith. Are you with me this morning? 
So it's not really, really about the prayer, but it is about the intimacy with God. That's the secret. That's the secret of Jesus. That's why Jesus was able to do what Jesus did. Because Jesus had a relationship with the Father. Jesus was in line with the Father. He was doing the work of the Father. That he was always, it was always about the Father. You know? And he did it with joy. Joy. You know, because when Jesus healed somebody, he didn't see himself being glorified. It was the Father. Oh, the Father's being glorified right now. Oh, Father, look, I see this guy right there. He's, you know, he's in bad shape. I'm just going to bless him, and, and you're going to be glorified. The Father said, yeah, I like that deal. But it was already birthed. That was all already birthed in the place of prayer. In the place of prayer and intimacy with God. So I'm about to wrap it up. I mean, I'm just on my fifth page of note. And no, I'm just kidding. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up. I know some people, while I'm preaching here, some people are praying for me. God, would you just make Gary shut up? You know, I believe God's going God's gonna to do great thing. He's going to do great thing because we, we're living in an hour. In an hour. We're living in an, in an age where you will not have an option to, whether to decide to pray or not to pray. If you... If you live to be a Christian, you're going to pray. Because, you know, I mean, I remember when we were talking about, you know, sometimes we're talking about persecution, and, and I'm like, okay, God, bring it on. People says, this boy is crazy. We don't want no persecution. As a matter of fact, I had a guy who says to me, I said, you know, persecution is coming to America. He says, no way. Not to America. He'll, 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 it's going to Happen, it's true, I believe. The Bible talks about persecution. It's going to happen somewhere, but not in America. And I says, oh, really? Why not? Um, he says, because we're Americans. I'm like, did you just hear yourself? Does, does that mean God is an American? You see, remember what I just said? God operates on a substance called faith. You don't have to be an American for God to hear you. You don't have to be a Canadian for God to hear you. You, you know, I mean, if, you, if you're a believer, you know, who believe in Christ, who if you're bought, blood bought, and you believe in God, God will, in fact, you don't even need that. Sometimes God speak to people you wouldn't even, you know, you wouldn't even uh, think. God will speak to them, you know. So basically, I felt like that was a mistake on his part. But when, when I talk about persecution, I said, well, persecution is coming. You know, have you ever noticed that when things are hard in your life, that's the time you pray the most? But, but why does it have to be that way? It shouldn't be like the way. Why don't we just... Why don't we just you know, get to it and start getting to know God and start loving God and worshiping God and praying to God and giving God all of, all of our hearts and just let God have his way in our lives. When the difficulties come, God's going to take care of you because he will. You know, that's what it says in Psalm 27, Psalm 27, uh, 1, and you know, I've loved Psalm 20, Psalm 27.4, and Psalm 27.4 says that one thing I ask, one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. But um, David went on, he says, but when the hard time comes, <laughs> when the difficult time comes, 
I know you're going to be with me. That's why I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. You understand? I want to dwell because my God is faithful. He's a covenant-keeping God, and he will do what he said he will do. So if, you want to, if you're taking anything from this, you see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close like this, okay? If, you want, if you're taking anything from this, okay, I, I, before I was coming, you know, on my way up here, I was praying for you. I was praying for us. I was praying for everyone who would hear this message, that the Holy Spirit would stir you up, that, you know, something would be activated inside of your heart, you know, that would prompt you to say, you know what? You know, I, I don't care if they call me a, a fanatic, but I'm going to go hard after God. I'm going to believe God for everything. You know, when God said, when God says to go pray for this person, I'm going to go pray for this person. When God says um, to invite this stranger, I'm going to invite. When God says to go ahead and empty my wallet and give it to this poor guy, I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust God because God is faithful. God is, you know, he is who he said he is. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that he would cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.